Welcome to Lacrosse Classified on the LAX All-Stars Podcast Network. Your home for the latest news from the National Lacrosse League and Indoor Lacrosse. Now, let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts, Jake Elliott and Evan Schemenauer. Yours truly performing Rhinestone Cowboy. Uh, the the bet has been paid. It's done. Uh, as you get a little snippet there of Rhinestone Cowboy. Uh, what's going on, lacrosse fans? Episode number 53 coming at you here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Sheminar with you. Evan, uh, last Tuesday, I, I said I was going to come through on this. Made my way out to shooters there in Pitt Meadows. Uh, got a little liquored up, not going to lie to you, and uh, got Rhinestone Cowboy done in, in front of a, a cast of thousands there at shooters. Uh, what, a, what a time to be alive it was last Tuesday night. <laughs> well, see, on the group chat, we were getting the live play-by-play, which is even more hilarious because you walk in there petrified, and then we started getting a drink count coming. Mm-hmm. And then you start showing us videos of people coming up in costumes and, like, singers that were much worse than you. Yeah. It like, was- it, you, like, that was the thing, was you thought this was going to be a horror show until you found out actually wasn't going to be so bad. Yeah, like it was it was it was a pretty surreal thing. Like there were obviously some regulars in there that went every week to perform and and <laughs> and me being in my mid 40s, I was one of the younger people in the establishment uh if if you know where I'm going with that and and listen like I sat down in there and and you know there was a Canucks game going on and and you know there's a few people in there. I'd say there was like less than 20 people in there. And I was like, okay, like I, I can, I can deal with this. Like I'm looking around, going, I'll be fine, and got a few drinks. And then I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go put my name up and and get ready to go here. Just past it, there was 14 people in front of me who had put their name <laughs> up already to sing. So now I was stuck there for like the better part of an hour. I don't know, you know, do the math, like three, three, four minutes times 14 people. So it gave me a chance to get a little more familiar with my, my buddy Jack and my buddy Daniels, and, uh, you know, things got flowing. And then by the time it was my turn to get up there, I was feeling a little pretty loose, pretty confident. And I it, it was it was far from a 
perfect performance seven, but uh, listen, I I feel pretty good about things. I feel a pr- pretty good. Well, but you admitted that you had this thing on repeat on your car radio all day. Oh my god, your- I must have listened <laughs> to that song twenty. Like I didn't like when I got up, I I I memorized the words. I did not even need to look. at the screen and then i and then i met it done a little ad living at the end as well uh got a plug in there yeah, for stampede and yeah no it was good it was apparently good. I, you hate me yeah so, yeah so well <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll drop that video uh today i think we'll we'll do it today which will be tuesday as we record on a monday here which is obviously remembrance day and we're right around um, the time here evan it's it's about just before 10 o'clock a.m my time here so I don't know, like, I, I'm i assuming me and you will stop recording at whatever point we need to and just, you know, pay our respects and have a moment here on Re- Remembrance Day um, for for the servicemen and women who have fallen and, and fought for our country, continue to fight for our country and our freedom here, Evan, and, and one of the most important days in our, our country's history um, as we record Lax Class here, and we want to make sure we pay our, our proper respects on November 11th. And proper respects around the world as well. I know we've had some tough moments in this country the last couple of days with some comments that Saturday night. And, oh, uh, man. you know, I, I look at it, you know, my wife lost, uh, you know, her uncle to fighting the insurgents in the Southern Philippines. And one of the things that I, I learned these stories when I was a kid and they'll never leave my mind is my grandfather's best friend one of the fighter pilots uh out of england headed to germany and the horror stories he would tell me and actually there was one book where a person was it was like a diary of some person in germany like living through days of the war and sure enough the day that the book ends the day that this person perished in a bombing raid. And sure enough, when he went back and he has notes, it was him involved and it screwed him up for the rest of his life. And just to have to go through that, I don't know if I could. Yeah. I don't, I don't think any of us, Evan will really understand what, you know, a lot of these people that, that went through wars and, and served for our country, went through and, and will continue to go through for the rest of their lives uh, to protect our freedoms and, and our way of life. So um, hugely important day. I really hope everybody takes takes the moment at 11-11 to, to pay their respects and, and remember, lest we forget, of course, uh, here on Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, south of the border as well. So uh, an important day here. We're recording on a Monday. We'll release this to you on a Tuesday, and uh, the video will drop as well. So look forward to that. As I mentioned, great show coming up here for episode number 53 as we continue our Stampede Tack and Western Wear NLL season previews. And I can't believe this, Evan, but just three teams remain, which means the season is all that much closer here. Training camp's in full swing now for all teams. Uh, Some exhibition games going on. We'll talk about those a little bit later in the program as well. But we got two general managers, one an actual owner as well here, as we're going to talk to Saskatchewan Rush head coach and GM Derek Keenan here in about 15 minutes from now. And then we'll have the owner and GM of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick, uh, from 
from Toronto in about 45 minutes from now, Evan. And uh, again, like we've been working our way through all of these. And I again, I'd like I love talking to these head coaches, general managers, especially at the beginning of a season where the hope is high and expectations are high and everything is, you know, nobody's going through, oh, do we need to trade this guy or this guy just got hurt or we're on a three-game losing streak and we don't – everybody's positive, everybody's optimistic and, and like, the, the birth of a new season. You know what I'm saying here, Evan? It's an exciting time for the National Lacrosse League. And the other thing about it is, when I was going through the notes yesterday when I sent them to you, I've had to go through quite a few of these rosters and say, okay, this has changed, this has changed, and all these guys have changed. Out of the, all the teams, I think these two today have had the fewest changes to their lineup from last season. And that's that's usually a good thing for teams, right? Less turnover, the better. Everybody's got that continuity going. So we're, we're going to talk to Jammer and Jamie about uh, all of it here coming up for Stampede Tech season previews. By the way, Stampede Tech, more than just a Western where they're a complete source for boots, motorcycle, leathers, and gear. Fall riding season here. Anything you need to get out there on your motorcycle here in the fall weather. It is, I know it's freezing there in Saskatoon, Evan. It is still a gore. I could walk out the front door in shorts today and be okay, just so you know. I know uh, I, I probably need to go walk instead of drive because I, I can't afford the gas here, but... No. Uh, the weather is spectacular here in British Columbia, so make sure you get out and get your riding gear at stampede.ca, open in Cloverdale since 1967. Don't be shy. Shop online. It's still shopping local. Um, Saskatchewan, Evan, they're up first, and obviously the team that we are probably both most familiar with, expansion draft losses, and... Two really quality players here in Curtis Knight and Jeff Cornwall, but they get Cornwall back, giving up the 10th-round draft pick, which turns into Tyson Bomberry. Good good pick, obviously, there by New York getting Bomberry, but real important for Saskatchewan to get Cornwall back, especially after losing Curtis Knight. Of course, Cornwall missed last season as well uh, with his firefighting school. Uh, still a very popular player, of course, scoring the uh, late uh, winner there against Buffalo back in 2016, but Saskatchewan defense wasn't as adhesive as it was in the years past, just because a couple names were missed. And getting a guy like Cornwall back and getting that speed on transition, which is one of his big things, critical to getting the rush back on top. And the other guy that they get back that will help that speed and that transition and maybe one of the best one-on-one defenders in the league in Ryan Dilk. So two big ejections coming back into their defensive zone and they got the youngsters in Robinson and Garland coming in as well. But with that said, they do lose a couple of key pieces. Well, I, I won for sure in Nick Bielich, who was a fan favorite in Saskatchewan and, and a longtime member of the rush and a real sandpaper guy that I think they will miss. Like they're, they're, they, they will miss Nick Bielich, who's been traded to Vancouver for a draft pick. But they also deal away Nick Finley, um, who's going to get a shot to play finally as they get a third round back for him. I'm happy for Nick, to, who goes to Philadelphia, and I think he's going to get a real chance there to play. And Pete Dubinsky, who, uh, Evan, uh, by the way, you spelt Dubinsky with a Y on the end. Uh, it is Dubinsky with an I on the end, just so you know. And also, they run the risk here of losing another one of their stalwart D guys 
for this year, Evan, and Brett Mitski and that like you don't replace Brett Mitski. So yes, you get Cornwall and Dilks back. Yeah, you get a couple of new draft picks back, but you lose Bilich, you lose Finley, and potentially lose Brett Mitski, which is gonna leave a hole there in that Saskatchewan defense. Well, I don't think it's because of the hole though as last year and, and of course Mitski it's still not a hundred percent certain, but I'd say it's ninety five percent certain he's not playing this year. He hasn't been in camp yet. Um, still waiting to hear what's happening with uh, the Burnaby Fire Department. With Bielich, the simple answer is, is that as they've now got this additional youth infusion into the team, with Holden Garland and a few others, you need to create some spots in the roster to be able to get them to play. So Bielich was expendable. Uh, and Finley, he was always that healthy scratch guy. Never really got a chance to play. So when he got out there, mixed results, but a large part of it was when you're not playing consistently. Yeah, that's just You're it. not in that rhythm, right? That's and just it. I think it's really – I mean, Finley played a predominant regular shift role with the Nanaimo Timberman in the summer and was ultraly effective. And, and he may not be the most – steady, stay-at-home D guy, but super effective in transition and can finish the ball when he gets his chance. Usually good for like two or three breakaways a game um, is Nick Finley. So you're right. I think it's important for Saskatchewan to keep the roster kind of turning over and keep injecting youth into their team, and but do it slowly, right? Like integrate those guys in slowly where you're not flipping over half of your roster to bring in a bunch of young guys and because then you'll suffer but if you do it you know one two guys a year you can get kind of get away with that and obviously Derek Keenan with with Robinson and Garland very familiar with those guys Tanner Thompson Cam Dunkerley and Colin Bergla it looks like here Evan to me one two three four five Saskatchewan rush draft picks and they're all going to be on the roster in some regard or another, whether it be active scratches or practice roster players here, I think all five are going to be there in Saskatchewan. We'll, we'll wait to see about Berkey, whether he makes the practice squad or not, but even if he doesn't, he's living in market, right? It's kind of a guy you can bring in uh, later on as needed. But the one thing to keep in mind is if that, the Rush have had this run of draft picks for many years. Derek Keenan, famous for, you know, like literally magically appearing on these draft picks. Uh, and how the heck GM still call him? That run of draft picks has now kind of run out. So probably, what, over under Derek Keenan gets about another five draft picks back by the end of the year? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. It wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me, but... Uh... Yeah, I think, you know, obviously teams will, will start to kind of get hip to what, what's been going on, and they'll be a little more reluctant to to be swinging deals. Um, scheduling quirks here for Saskatchewan before we move on to Toronto, Evan. 8-9 on Saturday night, that's good. Only one doubleheader, and it's against Calgary in a home-and-home, home, also good. They play New England and Georgia at home, which I really like because those are two teams that you don't see come through Sastel very often. So we'll get to see the Swarm and the Black Wolves in Saskatoon, and they play just five games in the opening 10 weeks, no bye weeks in the last 12 weeks of the season, which I guess that's kind of where the the rubber hits the road for the rush in the final 12 weeks of the season. But I'm looking at this rush schedule, and I don't think it's one that they can really complain about. I think it's one of their best in years. No, it's pretty good. I guess the key is that final 12 weeks are playing 13 games, 
you know, it's a kind of an imbalance in all these bye weeks that they have so many up front. But the flip side of that is they have five games in April. So if they need to make up ground, they have the ability to control their own destiny. Absolutely. So there's a kind of look at what's going to happen in Saskatchewan this year. We'll talk to Derek Keenan all about it uh, coming up. But uh, quickly on Toronto here, Evan, and it's a real short list for the Rock. Expansion losses Dan Lindner and Kieran McCardle, which stings him a little bit uh, for sure. Two regular role players in their lineup now gone, but they get back a couple of veterans in spades here. A real NOL journeyman, if you will, and David Brock and Dan Dawson, which you, you can't buy experience, Evan, and these two guys have buckets full of it. You know, losing McCardle and Littner, you're going to lose somebody, right? And if you're good, you're going to lose somebody at least, you know, half decent to pretty good in that expansion draft. But can they ultimately replace two players like that? Yeah, they probably can. Uh, You know, they've got the depth there to do it. Uh, And McCardle, of course, getting the chance to play at home now. But getting Dan Dawson, massive. You know, there was a time two years ago where people were starting to write him off and now he's back being one of the best. And he's, he's like literally living at the track training as well. I see him and Challen uh, out there in the, in the weight room. They're out there playing basketball. They're out there playing lacrosse, Nick Rose filming it all. Um, so Dan Dawson literally living at the track and he's always in phenomenal shape. And I, the dangerous one, I like. I I think he's got this year and maybe another left in him. Like I'm not counting him out uh, quite yet. Departures: Brandon Miller, who was on the retirement list, decided to come out of retirement. Signs with Philadelphia. Phil Caputo and Jay Thornburt. I good faceoff guy there in Thornburt. Not the end all be all. Um, so I think they can get away with that. Draft picks here for Toronto. Evan, they go after Aaron Forrester. A bit of a, a surprise, but I know they really like this kid. Coming off a, a wrist or a thumb injury, I think he only played like one game for the Burnaby Lakers in the summer and got hurt in his first game and didn't play the rest of the summer. But they get Aaron Forrester. We'll talk to Jamie about this. Forrester at 15. My man, Zach Manns out of Victoria at 27. And Ryan Delk's little brother, Jamie Delk's at 43. I think Jamie ends up getting drafted higher than Ryan did. Uh, Ryan was a fifth-round draft pick. Wow. Uh, as shocking as that could be. Defensive but, player of the uh, year, Ryan yeah, Delk's. A couple... A couple things in there. Thornburg, um, the one concern I might have there is last year, by bringing in Thornburg, they allowed Bradley Cree to be a yeah. pure yeah. D-man. Mm-hmm. Now does Cree have to go back to taking draws? I hope he doesn't. Because we saw just how much better he can be when he can focus strictly on defense. And you look at some of these guys, these were guys that in the draft that fell down the draft order. Zach Mass was expected to go a lot higher, but nobody really needing a uh, you know, West Coast lefty, right? And that was the, the difficulty. So he fell down quite a ways before Toronto finally got their hands on him. So you could have a, a fairly good steal there with Mass. I think so. I think so. And uh, I think Zach's going to relocate to Toronto for the season as well and probably live at the, the rock pile there with the boys. Uh, so if nothing else, at least he'll have a good winter. Uh, hanging out with with Nick Rose and the boys, uh, getting all that good food and stuff that Rosie's always cooking up and taking snaps of and stuff. Anyways, uh, scheduling quirks here for Toronto. Five games in April, just like Saskatchewan, but only three Saturday home games, four on Friday and two on Sunday here for the Rock. A little bit of a mixed bag. 
it's unfortunate when you're playing third or fourth fiddle in, in an arena to get those Saturday night games, especially when the Toronto Maple Leafs have a TV contract to have a whole slew of Saturday night hockey games. Um, Toronto has suffered in their attendance when they don't get many Saturday games. Hopefully they can find a way to get the attendance back up because they don't have the Saturday games again this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Win games. Fans will show up. I, I'm convinced of that. It, uh, it's time to take a break here, Evan. Quarter number one is done. Quarter number two is on the horizon, and we will talk to the head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush. Derek Keenan is on the other side. You got it right here on Lax Class on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Associated Labels and Packaging is in the business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is Patrick Merrill, GM and head coach of the San Diego Seals. You're listening to Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box across. Going the game one podcast at a time. Welcome back to Lax Class, episode number 53. This is quarter number two. This is Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer in Saskatoon, and we head to Ontario where the head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rush resides in Derek Keenan. Derek, welcome back to the program. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for having me on, Evan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, our pleasure. I uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend uh, as you're going to make the trip out to Langley and, and play yourself an exhibition game. We'll talk about that uh, momentarily, but Evan and I have been speaking with each GM or head coach throughout the league, uh, kind of getting a bit of a preview of each team and their prognosis, their outlook for the upcoming season. Saskatchewan up this week, and we'll kind of go down the list here a little bit, Derek, and, and of course you lose... I would have to say maybe one of your most favorite players of all time and Curtis Knight and Jeff Jeff Cornwell, you get back in, in a draft and a trade, but to lose Curtis Knight in that expansion draft, that was a real tough decision for you to kind of decide, like, am I going to protect Robinson? Am I going to protect Knight? Mm-hmm. And you, you mm-hmm. knew whoever you weren't going to protect was probably going to get selected, but that had to be a real tough decision for you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it was, and it, and it there, there was a number of factors, uh, and yeah, he's a guy that he's a valuable player because he can do so many different things. I mean, if you recall last year when we had some some issues on our back end with injury and depth, he filled in for a couple games and played quite well, and he's he's capable of that. But you know, it came down to one of the factors is that that Curtis kind of expressed an interest to. Um, maybe move on and, and take on a bigger role with another team. So that was part of it. And the other part of it was that, you know, we really needed to find a spot to get Connor Robinson in the lineup because I think he's too good, especially after a year of development and, and had a pretty good summer. And, you know, we need to get him in the lineup on a consistent basis. So that was part of the thought process there as well. We talked about acquisitions with all the other teams, and we had come to the rush and say, well, other than getting Jeff Cornwall back, all the other acquisitions are literally through the draft. And mm-hmm. you've had this nice run for almost oh, six, seven years already where you've built this team through the draft. That stockpile of draft picks has now 
kind of dwindles down. Is it becoming more and more difficult to convince teams to give up draft picks to get assets these days? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. A little, Simple a little answer, bit. yes. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, and I think now, uh, especially first-round picks, teams are much more conscious of, you know, there's a lot of talent usually available in that round. Um, you know, you might have to wait a little while for that talent to develop, but, um, you know, most of the teams are pretty reluctant to give them up now. So, um, but like you said, we've done quite well, um, with the draft in the past. And I think we had a, we had a really strong draft this year. I mean, we were in a good position this year because prior to the, the Cornwall trade, we actually had four first rounders and we ended up with three. And But it's getting, you know, a little bit different now with more teams. You know, I think in supplemental picks, I think our, you know, our last pick in the first round was 16 overall. So it's a little different than, you know, only nine teams. It makes makes a bit of a difference there. But um, from what I saw our first weekend, albeit just practice, um, I really like our draft that we had this year. So. Um, but I want to see them play in games this coming weekend and in the following weekend in Toronto and get a better assessment of that. But uh, I'm pretty happy with what I saw so far. Yeah, and 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 Derek, for you know fans of the Rush or the NLL who might not know a lot about your draft picks, and then I'll kind of go from lowest to highest here. And, and Colin Bergloff, who is a local junior SWAT Saskatchewan player, Chancey maybe makes the practice roster as a, a lefty forward. Cam Dunkerley. You, you, in Saskatchewan, you had Dubinsky there, but you went majority of the year without a third goaltender. But Cam Dunkerley coming off a real good Minto Cup performance and, and kind of a, a young goalie out of Orangeville. And we know Orangeville and goalies usually pan out pretty well. So I think a solid pick there. Tanner Thompson, um, right-handed forward out of Mimico. But the, the top two, I think, are really where we want to focus on here. And, and Justin Robinson and Holden Garland, who obviously are two guys that you are very familiar with and probably were really comfortable selecting. Yeah. I mean, I, they're, they're Ontario kids. I've seen them both play a lot. I coached Holden, uh, last summer. Um, he's, he's ready to play. He, he's, I believe NL already. He's got, uh, very good instincts. He communicates really well for a young guy. And a lot of times that's, that's an issue with younger guys because they tend to come in and, you know, be a little bit shy and not want to talk on the floor, but he's a good communicator and uh, he's got real good transition skills. He, he moves the ball up the floor well. He can finish a little bit. Um, solid defender, really good feet. And and then I, I look at Robinson and they're almost the same guy. Uh, you know, there, there was a, a talk that Robinson wasn't big enough. That's just simply not true. He's he's a good sized kid. Could he get a little stronger? Sure. Most kids coming in at that age, uh, you know, their first year coming in, they, they need to figure that out a little bit. But I like what I saw in him as well. Um, real good transition skills. Um, you know, good playmaker in transition. Like a lot of young guys, you know, needs to to learn a lot more on the defensive end. But that usually comes with time. And we're going to give these kids an opportunity to play this year. I think. We talked uh, recently within our chat group about the top players in the league, who would make a first team or who would make an all team. And this rush defense had about half of the lineup of the entire league on it. And you go last year without Jeff Cornwall, you go last year without Ryan Bills, you lost a couple of pieces. 
get them back. Scotty Krill could get them back, but also now you might be missing Brett Mitski. Is there any update on where his status is? Yeah, um, he uh, we're not really count. We'll know by the end of this month, I think, by the end of November, which is our already into the season, but. Uh, it's all likelihood he's going to get hired because he's on what they call ride-alongs right now, which is usually a pretty positive uh, for the for the candidate. So we're not really counting on if if we do have him, it's a bonus. So and you don't want to wish that on a player or a guy to not get hired, but um, it would be a bonus for us. So right now we're we're kind of moving on without for this season. Um, but uh, but you know like get, getting Ryan Dilks and Cornwall back. It's not like they're bottom of the roster guys. Like they're high end. They're high end. They're high. They're high end D guys. Like they're you know they're they're special teams guys. They're real reliable in transition and really good to smart defenders and great athletes. Good team guys. You know, and, and Ryan Dilks has a real some real good leadership qualities too. So. You know, we look forward to having that back in our lineup as well. And and maybe the biggest bonus as we speak with Derek Keene is that, like, you don't have to teach them anything new. They just step back in and they know the system. They know the guys. They mm-hmm. know how everything works, and it's and it's going to be seamless. Yeah, there was a you could you could really tell that in our first camp weekend that you know that they just kind of step in. Well, Jeff wasn't there though. He had work commitments. He still has a little bit of yeah. He's still under probation. At, technically so he wasn't there he'll be around this weekend in Langley but not going to play in the games but you know Dilksey you know again like good leader comes in communicates well um, real good with the young guys uh, understands things obviously he felt he was a little rusty I didn't really see that myself I thought you know he did play some senior B in the summer but um, it's certainly a different pace but uh, I thought he looked really good and he's He's real fit, so you know, no issues there. It's just I'm happy to have both those guys back. And a, and a real good schedule for Saskatchewan, I would say, Jammer. Like eight out of nine on Saturday nights, which everybody likes. You got the one double header, but it's against the same team and short travel against mm-hmm. Calgary, and and you get a, a couple of new teams coming through Sastel that that mm-hmm. don't make the trip through very often in, in Georgia and New England. So I think a really well balanced schedule. A little little heavy on the back end with, as far as no bye weeks, but. I think a schedule that that you can live with mm-hmm. here, and maybe one of the better ones you've probably seen. Yeah, especially if we can avoid those back to backs where we have to come back from the United States. Yeah. <laughs> those are tough. Yeah, because there's no direct flights, and and I like the home and home back to backs, especially like you know within our country where you know we get on a flight and and it's a level playing field, and that's obviously a really big rivalry too. And yeah, we're pretty heavy on 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 the back end and, and a little light a few buys in the front end, but you know, I, I didn't like our double bye week uh, at the end of January, but um, fortunately Bruce is, Bruce Servants, you know, he's going to uh, pay the price for us to practice that weekend, okay. which I think will really be really important. Two weekends off in a row is pretty tough in this league, especially we're playing against a team that is, I don't, I don't think are coming off a buy. So, um, that'll be important for us. But yeah, a couple buys early, but it's, it's good. I mean, our, our Western schedule, our division, you know, with the new, new alignment, it hasn't changed. We're a little less heavy playing in the West, but I think that was a really good call by the board of governors in the league, because if it had gone another route, I think a lot of the Eastern teams would have got real crappy schedules. So um, it worked out well. I think overall balance and competitive balance for the league, the way the schedule worked out. 
take us through your approach for training camp because you could have up to 40, ro- 40 players on your roster going into camp. You came in with just 27. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take, yeah. Take it's, that's the question, Jerry. Yeah. That's the it's question. Kind of been, it's, kind of, it's kind of been we've kind of we've done that for as long as I can remember. To be honest, maybe we were a little heavier first couple of years in Edmonton, but I don't know. I'm so old now; I can't recall that far back. It's been 11 years, so <laughs> um, yeah. We we like to get right into things, you know. We I mean we got all our draft picks there. You know, some guys have moved out. Like you said, you know, we, we lost Niter. Um, Mitski's in all likelihood not going to be there. We traded Nick Billick. So there's a couple guys that aren't there. Um, but, yeah, 27. I think we had 29 total or 28 total, including our goalies. So, yeah, we're, we're light compared to a lot of teams. But we like that number because um, you can, like I said, we get right into things. We don't do a lot of scrimmaging or um, – things like that, we, we get right into our systems. And I think it's really important because it's such limited amount of time um, in, in preseason. And for the new guys especially, to get in and learn things uh, is important. So we, we just kind of dive right into system things, and we know that for the most part all the guys are fit and they're skilled enough to be there or they wouldn't be there. So we dive into it and we keep the numbers fairly low. Like this weekend, because we got a couple guys, uh, I think Shatler and, and Kirky have, uh, they're in wedding parties this weekend, so they won't be around. And like I said, Cornwall's unable to play. So I think we have 22 runners and two goalies for each game we're playing Friday against San Diego and then Sunday against Vancouver. So, and that's a good number because we'll, We'll probably dress 20 runners per half and take two guys out and not a lot of guys sitting around. So, you know, it, it makes sense for us. Well, you literally just answered my question about what your plan was going to be going into these uh, these two exhibition games. So I don't need to ask mm-hmm. you that question anymore, Derek. Uh, listen, yeah. I, I look forward to seeing you this weekend. I'm not going to tell you to bring your squash racket quite yet because I don't think I'm quite okay. I'm not quite ready. Oh, you're looking but, pretty good. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you, maybe maybe come like February. I'm going to say yeah, like let's right. uh, let's find a court and get after it a little bit. Sounds good. All right, all man. Right. We'll see you this weekend. Thanks for Thanks, the time. Fellas. All okay. right. Okay, take care. That was Derek Keenan, general manager, head coach of the Saskatchewan Rush, Evan. And uh, like I say it all the time, I I think he's the best head coach in the game of box across. And the best general manager. Yeah. You can double in that one pretty quickly because you would take a look at this team. It's been built through the draft, through patience. And when – you have almost nothing that you've got to build upon because you've got this plethora of players. You almost have too many sometimes that you don't know what to do with. And you can afford to take your fifth-round pick and use it on a guy that isn't going to report for two years. Now, this is the kind of luxury that he's had. And, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm so surprised GMs pick up the phone if he ever calls for a trade. Yeah, I, I mean, knowing when to move away from a player – is one of the hardest things to do because I think we've talked about this before, Evan. Guys get very loyal to their guys, and sooner or later, you gotta you gotta either you know they're gonna either want to move on, they're gonna want to retire, or you have to decide. Okay, like I think he's starting to to hit the downhill side of his career, and we got to move on. I found it very interesting uh, that that he mentioned Curtis Knight 
wanted or might have mentioned that he wanted to play a bigger role somewhere else. And, and I mean, if you don't know Curtis Knight, like, I, I was around for, for a better part of a year. I might have said 10 words to Curtis Knight all season. He is very quiet, very unassuming, just goes about his business in very workmanlike fashion, and just a guy that does not say a lot. And I thought that was pretty telling that for a guy like that that wants to go somewhere and be a more prominent player, that uh, that was pretty eye-opening to me. Not only that, but Derek has, has known Curtis since he was a youth. Yeah. Right? That, that's what makes this made it such a tough decision, but the truth of the matter is, is that Connor Robinson's got this world of talent, and when you're on a team that is so deep, like on any, almost any other team in the league, Connor Robinson's not sitting on the practice roster last year. No. But you've got to make room for somebody, right? And that's, that's unfortunately how it plays out, but you know, as much as some fans in Saskatchewan might be fast and seeing they go and they should be, don't be too concerned because you got you got a very good talent coming up. To this, yeah, to like let's let's not forget about Connor Robinson here, who was the fifth overall draft pick uh, a couple of years ago. Listen, this kid is the all-time franchise leading scorer for the Junior Salmon Bellies, which is a storied program that dates back almost a hundred years. And Connor Robinson holds the record for most points ever scored by a junior Sandbell. And you don't find your, you look at that list of names and you don't find yourself at that top of that list without being a phenomenal player. So I think uh, the confidence that he will get playing a regular shift day after day, game after game is only going to help him. And I think he's ready for a big year is Connor Robinson. We'll see how it all plays out. In just a matter of weeks, Saskatchewan kicks off their season November the 29th in Colorado. I mean, we're in the month when the season begins here, Evan. I know it comes at the end of the month, but we're in November. The season starts on the 29th. Three weeks. Cannot wait. Uh, Rush will make their way here to Langley. And you heard Derek Keen say they'll play a couple exhibition games. One on Friday. One on Sunday. I got myself a busy weekend this weekend, Evan. I'm going to be out at training camp with the Rush on Friday. Then I got two football games to call on Saturday. The Canadian Bowl, of course. Evan, we got to talk about this. Langley. Yeah, the ass kicking that Saskatchewan's going to lay on. Langley, Langley. versus <laughs> Saskatoon going for their sixth straight Canadian Bowl. This is the fourth time in the last eight years that Langley and Saskatoon will meet in the Canadian Bowl. Going down on home soil here in Langley, I'll have the call for that one, so I'm looking forward to that. And then I'm off to BC Place immediately after that to go play or to go call a high school football game down where the BC Lions play their football. Um, so that's going to be a busy Saturday. Then back out to the Langley Event Center on Sunday for another exhibition game against Vancouver. Uh, San Diego and Vancouver playing the rush this weekend, Friday, Sunday. It all matches up perfectly for me because I'm busy all day Saturday, but I get to watch both these games on Friday and Sunday. I can't wait. Well, you're going to avoid the crunch then for a whole weekend? Well, I don't, 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 don't say that. Uh, I... I, I don't think I'm going to do that. I've actually been taking to the stair climber inside the gym now, Evan. I've I've mapped out how many stairs it is on the crunch. I've divided that by the stair climber, what they classify as a floor on the stair climber. And I've, you know, that's what I do now. I do like 63 flights of stairs when I'm inside the gym at the stair climber now. By the way, I've been stuck in a holding pattern there on, on the weight for a lot. 
but I got like my buddy who's like a personal trainer and he's kind of been the one that's guiding me. He says now, stop looking. He's been saying this for a while, but he says, stop looking at the scale. Just keep looking in the mirror because your weight's probably not going to change all that much from now until the end of the year, but your body will start to change. And I think that's kind of what's starting to happen. So I don't know if I'm going to reach my goal of a hundred pounds in 12 months, Evan. I'm still about 14 away from that. But I, I, I've kind of come to the realization. Yeah, I, I'm, I've kind of come away from that realization that that might not happen. But I'm still, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and I think that the changes will come over time here. But uh, I'm pretty happy with where well, I'm at right now. What you do need though is a suit sponsor for your VR appearances this yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, it's not going to be not not going to be a cheap day when it's when it's wardrobe day and, and to go out and, and go shopping. I've literally, <laughs> no joke, and I, and I want to get to break here, but I've literally, and and this is the perfect time of the year to do it because so many shelters and stuff need donations and clothing and all the rest of it. So I've I've gone through my closet, Evan, and I've filled up five black garbage bags full of clothes that no longer fit me and I've donated those my my closet has never been emptier which is a good problem to have but it'll save your bank account thousands and tens of thousands in the future there you go there you go put the positive spin on it for sure so anyways uh, enough about me let's get to break and let's get Jamie Dalek on the phone And we'll talk a little Toronto Rock Lacrosse next here on episode 53 of Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vita Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also informed choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come. Hey, this is Nick Rose, goaltender for the Toronto Rock. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lax Class here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Schemenauer with you. This is episode 53. This is the third quarter. You just heard from our friends. Well, you just heard from Nick Rose there as well, the goaltender for the Toronto Rock. But you also just heard from our friends at Pure Vita Labs and the captain of the Toronto Rock on those PVL supplements. All natural, nothing artificial, no flavors, no coloring. All informed choice certified best supplements on the market. Find them at pvl.com. Hashtag flip the switch, or you can find them on the Instagram at Pure Vital Labs. I suggest you go there and follow Pure Vital Labs and see all the cool things that they got going with their products. And uh, challenge wouldn't be on them if they weren't good. Jamie, thanks for doing this. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, man, uh, this is actually our first episode of year number two. And if you'll recall, you were on this program just about a year ago when the CBA or, or the PLPA and the owners were in a bit of a dispute, a lockout, and there was no collective bargaining agreement. And you came on the program. You were kind of one of the first, if not the first owner to speak out and said, like, listen, this is really serious. The season is in jeopardy. And I think that that caught a lot of people's attention, and I think that got people back to the bargaining table, and it, ultimately the, the deal gets done. 
but does that seem like a year ago to you? Well, yeah, that's funny you say that. I was just kind of thinking about that. That was uh, the last time we kind of we, we did a podcast together as I was getting ready to come on here. And, uh, you know, it actually seems probably longer ago to me. Like, it, it's just kind of in the past. I know, you know, eventually it's going to be something we're into again, looking for a long-term deal. But, you know, I think right now that's in the past and the focus is on, you know, lacrosse and building our league and building our business and all those things. So, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, you're bang on. It's probably about a year exactly yeah, uh, to the date almost. A lot of teams that we've been talking to so far this year have gone through a large amount of turnover this year. You, your turnover is actually very minimal. You lose Lindner, you lose McCarville in the expansion draft, you're going to lose somebody. But, I mean, you're losing Phil Caputo, Jay Thornburg, you're getting David Brock and Dan Dawson. It's not a whole lot of turnover for a team in a season. It's got to be comforting that you're going to have a team that's very familiar with yourself going into the season. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, up front we're probably looking, um, you know, we like to play three rights and four lefts. We make no secret about that. So, um, you know, bringing in Dan Dawson was kind of huge uh, to replace Dan and Phil and, and losing Dan in the in the expansion draft, uh, Littner, I'm referring to, you know, to, to pair along with Robbie and Tom uh, on the left side, losing Kieran, who was a regular for us. So, you know, we we addressed that in uh, in the draft and with Zach Mann, and and we've got some depth on the back end, guys that kind of play both ways there. So, not a lot of changes this year. Uh, not a lot of guys in camp. More internal battles for depth positions on the roster than anything else. So uh, it's, it's been good, man. I mean, we've only gone uh, three sessions here, a couple practices in an exhibition game, a lot of guys around the track, a lot of the time putting a lot of work in and, and uh, you know, it's it, from my standpoint, we're sitting with my hat on um, very pleased and excited about uh you know, how, how things have got off to a start here. So, yeah, uh, I mean, you, you get, I don't want to read too much into to exhibition scores, Jamie, but you get a, a pretty nice victory over the Colorado Mammoth uh, just last weekend, 16 11 in your first exhibition game. And, and Evan and I were talking, like, the, the guys you lose are going to hurt you a little bit, but you bring in David Brock and Dan Dawson and two guys that have been around this league for a long, long time. And, there's one thing you cannot buy is experience, and these two guys come in with, with a boatload for it. And it can only help a roster when you have guys around that have been through what those guys have been through. Absolutely. And, and to be honest with you, we're a pretty young team. Like Our veteran leadership is is Nick Rose, is, is Damon Edwards, and you know that's not to take anything away from those guys, but you're right. Dan Dawson... Um, you know, what can you say about him and, and Brocky too? And they're both winners and they're, and they're both still playing at a high level and, and they both bring in a lot of size, um, which is something you can't teach. And, and, you know, those were my two priorities in the off season. And fortunately this year, um, you know, we were able to, to land both of them and, and, and add them to our team. So I, I'm real excited about what those guys both bring, both on the floor and off the floor. Last year, you brought in Jay Thornburg to handle face-off duties most of the year, and that freed up Bradley Cree to 
focus on playing defense and transition. He really seemed to flourish. You don't have Thornburg back this year. What's the plan with regards to Korea? Is he going back and taking draws, or is somebody else taking that role? Well, I'm not sure how it's going to play out right now. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you. I think it, uh, I think it helped Brad. Uh, you know, because it, anyone that knows, I mean, that 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 puts a big drain on your body doing that um, all game. So. Uh, you know, I'm sure Brad will take some. We got some other guys. I mean, Billy Hostresser is a guy we've used and we use in the summer a bit too. Um, you know, he's not a guy that's going to win any face off clean, but he's also a guy that doesn't really lose a lot clean either. So, you know, we'll have some options. And, but then again, you know, same boat for him. You don't want to burn a guy out. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get by, uh, we'll get by with whatever ends up. I'm not sure how that's all going to play out right now. Speaking with the owner and general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dalwick, uh, let's talk about the draft picks here a little bit, Jamie. And, and a guy you go after at number 15 and Aaron Forrester, who a lot of people may not know about in my neck of the woods out west, he actually came out to play with the Burnaby Lakers in the WLA, but injured himself in the very first game of the season. I think returned home and didn't play for the rest of the summer. So you go after Forrester, you can tell him about tell us about him. Uh, but then you get Zach Mans at 27, and, and Mans was penciled in to go much higher than he did. And I think maybe being a, a Western guy and, and lefty forward, such a tough position to crack in the league, he might have slipped down a little bit. But I think you got a steal here at 27 with Zach Mans. Yeah, well, first off, Aaron. I mean, Aaron's a guy that, uh, you're right, he... Uh, he hasn't been around much the last couple of years as far as uh, summer lacrosse goes. He, he, what happened, happened in, in Vancouver this summer. Um, and then the year before, he kind of played senior B in his hometown. He's from Ottawa. So he's kind of flown under the radar for the last couple of years, in my opinion, for those reasons. Um, you know, I, I watched him play his final two years at junior pretty well every game. And... Uh, you know, I, I just love his. I love his compete level. I love his versatility. I love what he brings to the game. I mean, those are the kind of players we're looking for. I think he can play out the front door. I think he can play out the back door. Um, I think he can help in a lot of ways. So, he was a guy that 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 I knew that way. Um, you know, and I really truly believe if he had played this summer for Burnaby, he would have been. You know could have been as high as a top five pick in that draft i, I really wow. believe he's got that talent level so um you know I, I feel very fortunate about that one zach man listen um you know and now we have a little sample size here already but uh there, there's a guy that on our depth on our draft board um we weren't sure he was going to be there when we picked that uh was it 15 or whatever it was and, and we took aaron um, when he was still there at 27, you know, we felt like it was an absolute no brainer, uh, you know, low risk, high reward type thing. And he's come in here. Great kid. Uh, you get to watch him play uh, a couple, you get to see him go through a couple practices. And obviously I've seen him being around the building and shooting and stuff, but you don't really know. And then he gets out in the game the other night. I think he went two and three. Uh, didn't look out of place at all. I was real impressed with the lacrosse IQ, when to turn around and go back and when you got to go back and play defense, when you got to get off the floor. Um, 
you know, seems to be fitting in well and, and, and looking, looking very promising here so far in the early going for us. So, uh, we feel, we feel like we might, we might have, we might have got fortunate there. New division this year, um, Buffalo, who last year went to the final. You got Halifax, who's just a year removed from being in the final. And you got Rochester, who, to be frankly honest, has an offense that can match almost anybody. I know there's no easy nights in the NLL, but given how tight this division could be, there's definitely not going to be any off nights. No, no. I mean, and you're right. Any any team in this league, uh, if you don't show up and, and put in a good effort, and, and not only a good effort, but play well, um, you're not going to win. So, yeah, the, the division's as tough as can be as far as I'm concerned. I think, uh, you know, you, like you said, you got – Old new Halifax, the old Rochester team, basically uh, Buffalo, and then you know the new Rochester team doesn't look like an expansion team to me. So hats off to Dan Carey there with what he's been able to kind of assemble. But I mean, yeah, it, it's going to be nine games against those three teams. Um, you know, and the only way you guarantee yourself in the playoff is is if you finish top two. I mean, yes, there's two wild card spots, but you got four good teams beating each other up over nine games, you know, that doesn't bode well for a wild card kind of position. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, uh, and, and, and it starts, you know, in less than a month. So it, it's exciting, but um, it's going to be it's going to be a battle at, at, as expected. A couple of more minutes here with general manager of the Toronto Rock, Jamie Dowick. Uh, I, I'm, I don't know if it's over yet or not, but I'm sure you'd rather either be down in Vegas or just getting home from Vegas is the World Series of Poker, the November 9, if you will, Jamie. Uh, I don't know if they've crowned a, a champion yet or not. No no World Series of Poker this year again for you? Did you take this year off again? No, I actually was... You know what? I was No, I went this year. Okay. Yeah, I always... I, get, I went... Yeah, I'm not, in the, I'm not in the final nine, but you know what? I saw, I've seen some tweets today about that and I can't remember. I thought I thought they finished it and played it right out. I thought it was done already. Maybe it hasn't been televised. I think I, that's I what they I, do. I think that's what they do. I think yeah, they finish they it off. Yeah, they used to do the November nine. I think they've I think they've changed that. I think it's over. And because I was trying to think today, wait a second, who won that? And yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah no, I I'm I'm here in. What's the furthest? The, what's the furthest you've ever gone? Well, in the, in the main event and. Uh, you know, for anyone that doesn't play poker and doesn't play in big tournaments, they're going to think that this doesn't sound very great. But <laughs> I came three. I came three hundred and fifty third one year. That, um, that that'll out pay out about, pretty good. Uh, it's still good. <laughs> out, out of about eight, there was over eight thousand that year. Hell yeah! So top ten percent cash. So top eight hundred. Um, you know, that was the deepest run I've had. Um, I'm still waiting for my poker moment where, okay. you know, just it's it's your time and yeah. everything seems to gotta run good. Seems gotta run to good. go go your way, you know. Well, uh, who knows, uh, Jay? I don't know if you're gonna make it down to Vegas for uh, for the big big NLL game uh, in February. Maybe we meet down there and uh, I can go on your on your rail and, and support you uh, if you if you decide to dive into a tournament or two. <laughs> we speak with Jamie. You're not in Vegas right now. You're in Toronto. And, of course, the, the Toronto Rock facility, we, we were talking about this just before we can, came on air about how Saskatchewan really needs to, to get something like they have there in Oakville. Um, with, you know, teams coming through, 
every year for for training camps but it's it's so much more than just a practice facility for you guys and a, and a destination for other teams to hold their training camps like the the footprint that is left there for lacrosse from minors all the way up at the toronto rock athletic center is 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 monumental like i I don't think people quite understand how big of an impact a building like that has on a sport like lacrosse. Well, I appreciate it. And, and really, that, that was the idea behind this building. I mean, unlike, well, like everywhere else in Canada, uh, when September rolls around, uh, every, every place like this has ice in it. And it's all about hockey and, and from September till, you know, March, April. Uh, everything's full of ice, and then they take the ice out, and then they let us go in there for a couple months for lacrosse. So, really, yeah, this is this is a place, you know, a lacrosse facility, uh, 365 days a year, while other things go on here, and and it's an opportunity for kids. Hey, you know, I always think uh, Dan Dawson when we opened this place. I can remember he was in here for something, being an Oakville guy, not playing for us at the time. I just remember him saying to the kids, like, you have no idea how lucky you are that you have the opportunity to, you know, play this Rock Elite League or whatever it might be, you know, from September to April when, you know, when we were kids, stick went down in September and you yeah. can find it in April when it went for tryouts. So, it, listen, it's it's the, the, the Toronto Rock, we're fortunate that we get to take advantage of all the, the things that are here. But, yeah, it's about growing the game and, and, you know, giving lacrosse a home, I was, the one thing I kind of felt when I got involved was, you know, there, there's nothing like home to lacrosse. We're always kind of taking over someone's building and using it and right, whatever. Right. And whereas this, I think, has built the reputation as, you know, I like to believe the premier lacrosse facility, full-time lacrosse facility, maybe in the world. Yeah, so, no, uh, yeah, you know, I think you're probably right. It's something where I'm real proud of and, and, and happy to, you know, be a part of and continue to help grow the game and, and, and the future of the sport. And then, and then hey, if you, if you want to have a, a hot tub and a Bud Light in the middle of your workday, Jamie, you, you got that option as well. You, I must have you on Snapchat, eh, Jumbo? <laughs> <laughs> love it. Absolutely hey, love listen, it. Listen, man, you know, you, sometimes you just got to take the edge off, you know? Like, so, <laughs> hey, uh, you you yeah, you earned just, it. Just wait, till you, just wait till you see his video coming out this week. You're, you're going to need a few drinks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, hey, Jamie, uh, best of luck with the upcoming year with your Toronto Rock. Uh, I know you got a back half loaded schedule here in April. Um, three Saturday games, four on Friday, two on Sunday. Nice little balance there in Toronto for your Rock. And uh, best of luck of the year. Thanks for doing this, and and uh, we'll talk soon, man. Right on, guys. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on, and keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That was Jamie Dowick, uh, owner and GM of the Toronto Rock. Listen, Evan, since since Terry Sanderson's passing, who was the general manager of the Rock, that not not an easy position for Jamie to be kind of to step into, but. I think he learned so much from Terry about what it what it was and what it meant to be and, and what it takes to be a GM. Yeah, the owner, and that's great, but 
I mean, now he's got his hands right on this roster, and he's calling the shots as far as who's coming in and who's going out. And I think he's done a, a real nice job there in Toronto, putting a nice team together. And now he's in a position, like you mentioned, where he doesn't need to bring in 35 guys into camp. He can bring in that 28, 29 guys and and create those internal battles in training camp for depth positions on their roster, like you said. And this is a guy that really loves the game. And this is the thing you got to keep in mind. We're getting to an era right now where you got a lot of NHL or NBA type owners. But Jamie's a guy that, you know, we talked to him a year ago. He said he took a lot of losses uh, over the years owning this team. But, you know, he put his own money on the line to build a track. And it's, it's a world-class facility that teams flock to in the preseason. Massive, massive impact uh, year-round. And he, he does this because he loves the game. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't need to do this, but he loves doing it. Well, and, and let's not forget here, Evan, uh, Jamie's got a couple of young boys, not so young anymore, and Luke and, and Jakey Dowick that are – on the come up, and uh, it's not going to be too long before those guys are, are knocking on the door for the NLL entry draft as well. So don't kid yourself. Uh, that That's where part of the passion comes from as well, and they're, and they're both going to be real good players. So um, nice nice little path to success there to, to follow through coming through the Toronto Athletic Center. Uh, we got to get to break, Evan. We got fourth quarter coming up. We're already an hour deep, and I got lots of news and notes to get here to uh, on the other side. So buckle up. Another segment to come. We'll bring it to you right after these messages from our friends at the Vancouver Warriors. A Vancouver Warriors game at Rogers Arena sounds like this. Jones shoots and he scores! Diving effort from Mitch Jones. Nothing's monotone. Lee and Beers go crashing into the crease. Nothing's boring. Now we're going to have a fight. It's the captain squaring off. And at Vancouver Warriors games, loads up. Nothing's offside. Tries a shot and he scores! Experience it for yourself. Vancouver Warriors tickets are available now. Tickets starting from 1995. Visit VancouverWarriors.com slash tickets today. Hey, this is Dwayne Jacobs, GM of Six Nations Chiefs. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Star Podcast Network. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified right here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You heard from our friends there at the Vancouver Warriors, one of our new sponsors here on Lax Class, Evan. Don't forget the Vancouver Warriors kick off their season with a game against the NLL champion Calgary Roughnecks Friday, November the 29th. At Rogers Arena for tickets, visit VancouverWarriors.com or call 604-899-4625. Hit option three. Most likely get my man, the Chad, at the Vancouver Warriors. And at the Warriors games, Evan, nothing's offside. Uh, Look for a good time there at Rogers Arena. And thanks once again to the Vancouver Warriors for hopping on board. Well, we're, I got to revise my outlook on them this year, and the reason I say that is we, we joke about this called the Gick effect. Which yes, Tyson Geik, our good friend Tyson Geik, started working with the Canucks organization, and all of a sudden the Canucks started to become this fabulous team as soon as Tyson arrived. And now we find out that Tyson's doing some work with the Warriors, 
So is his magic going to be twice as good? For, now, I for, do say this. My team, of course, is the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twice, so. <laughs> They've actually, I, I saw a stat, Evan. They they shut out Vancouver one nothing earlier. They beat them 2-1 just yesterday. But they've, New Jersey, I don't know why the hell you're a Devils fan, but they, New Jersey, see how I used hell and devil there, Evan? Um, they beat the Canucks 11 straight times. And th- these are two teams that do not play very often. So I don't know what the heck is going on with the Devils against the Canucks. But anyways, 2-0. Uh, and oh, Yeah, the, the Hughes Bowl there going the way of Jack uh, for for this year. Uh, this is news and notes. You just heard from Dewey Jacobs coming in off of break there. And Dwayne Jacobs, of course, general manager of the Six Nations Chiefs, former Rochester Nighthawk captain, Hall of Famer, for the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame, congratulations once again to everybody who was inducted into the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame this past weekend. I didn't get a chance to make it out. I had some other commitments and, and couldn't attend on Saturday night, which uh, I was a little disappointed about, but it looked like a fantastic time there put on by the Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Fame, as always, in New Westminster. And uh, lots of guys I know going in this year, and, and Kevin Brunch, and Johnny Wilson, and Dwayne Jacobs, and uh, the 84-85 Whitby team. We should have brought that up with Derek Keenan, but my my old vet uh, from Coquitlam, Billy Callen, made the trip out and, and uh, just looked like a fantastic night. So congratulations to Dewey and the rest of the Hall of Famers who went in just a couple of days ago. Is this is news and notes here, quarter four on the cross classified. Thanks for hanging with us. Um, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but again, I want to mention this because this guy at the NLL, I've never met him personally. I've never even had a conversation with him, but Kevin Morgan at the National Lacrosse League head office there, who is in charge of acquiring sponsors. This guy is just crushing it, Evan. Like he is kind sports logic. Warrior, Under Armour, uh, Grabio. This guy just keeps, Wilson, just keeps coming up with sponsors. And now our former title sponsor here on Lacrosse Classified, Evan, our good friends at Extreme Threads have signed a deal with the National Lacrosse League to provide gear bags for a number of teams in the NLL. I can only assume that Calgary was the first team to approach Extreme threat. I can only assume that either Mike Board or Kurt Malowski, listening to Lacrosse Classified, thought, hey, we need gear bags. Who can we go to for gear bags? And then, boom, Extreme Threads comes into their mind because of Lacrosse Classified. Next thing you know, (laughs) full deal meal, full meal deal, whatever you want to call it, Extreme Threads now part of the National Lacrosse League supplying gear bags to about six teams. So uh, congratulations to those guys. Yeah, and the sponsorships keep coming. A couple of the big ones this week, though, were the video editing content right. that's going to happen while the games are going on, and also the stats package. And this is the thing. The, right now we get the basic point streak stats, and we get them, some, like, other than the goals and assists, we get them post-game. Now we're going to have the ability to have real-time and full analytics. And things that, you know, Maybe we don't look at as often as we should be when we're trying to assess one player against another. Yeah, absolutely. The the one thing I have a little bit of concern for is the keeping of the records. As we know, you know, they went away from point streak for for a period of time, and I think some of the historical stats got lost in the shuffle somewhere, and the all-time records and numbers, I think, are a little bit off 
and I just hope they can preserve all the stats that they've kept from years gone by as they switch to this new software here. Sure, and I mean, that's one of the things when you take a look at people saying, like, this is the record from 2005 onwards, because we don't know going any further back than that. Right, right, yeah, and that's, I mean, that's tough, right? Like, you want to be able to go back and and look at the entire 34 years of existence in the National Lacrosse League and and get all those numbers. So hopefully hopefully they can figure that out. we talked about Finley being traded. A couple of notables as far as roster moves goes. Greg Downing put on the physically unable to perform list. Uh, Newman, who a lot of people were excited about, apparently is is not reporting to camp. This is a little disappointing. Yeah, uh, work commitment issues, unfortunately, preventing him from playing, it appears. Uh, training camps in full swing. We mentioned lots going on on both sides of the country at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center and, of course, here at the Langley Events Center. Teams will be rolling through this weekend. San Diego, Vancouver, I think Calgary will be there, Saskatchewan as well. Uh, so big weekends, and it just means the season is getting closer and closer. Keep up to date on, on social media as far as where and when teams are playing. I know there's a couple of exhibition games going on this weekend out here in Langley, so if you want to come out and check those out, uh, just fire, follow along on social media. You'll get all the updates you need to. A little closer to home here in the summer, Evan. Uh, Josh Sanderson, you see this? Named assistant general manager of the Coquitlam Senior Adnex. I had to text Shooter and just kind of gave him a, a yellow and a purple heart, and I said, you just can't get enough of these colors, can you? as San Diego and Coquitlam, of course, sporting the same colors. But big get here for James Abbott, Scott Wortley and company in Coquitlam to to get a high-profile guy like Josh Sanderson into their fold. As an Eastern kind of a, a representative, and this guy can only help improve your team. That's exactly it. The, the Orangeville connection all of a sudden comes. I mean, Coquitlam's had a senior team that has struggled for over a decade now, and... They've now put a team in place to try and make this team relevant. And when they made their trades last year, it was a loner. It was never a permanent solution. So can we see Coquitlam become a contender in a couple of years? I think we can all of a sudden. Well, I think I think they're still going to be a little bit of ways away. Like, it's not going to happen overnight, but uh, this, like, this is not going to hurt you in any way, and it's only going to – add some cachet and, and probably attract some players to, to come and play now with Pat Coyle as a head coach. And, and you have Josh Anderson there as an assistant GM as well. Bag it to cup, Evan. I know this is field lacrosse, but this is Canadian field lacrosse and, and something that I think is a big deal. The Western Mustangs are the four time bag it away champions. I'm just trying to get a final score here. Eight, five over Trent university in the, the bag it to cup. And actually a very good uh, semifinal win by Trent uh, in overtime. But there's actually a number of NLL players that still play yeah. in this league. And there are guys that were missing from camp this weekend because they were playing in this tournament. No, it's a big deal. It's uh, Canadian University lacrosse. So lots of team, mostly back east there, that are competing for this. But uh, like you said, some high-profile guys getting after it. I think Curtis Knight actually injured himself one year playing in that tournament as well and had to miss some time. Uh, what else do we got here on news and notes? Any notable NLL cuts you want to mention, Evan? I know there were some guys let go. Uh, any anybody jump off the page at you that you think might get a shot somewhere else? 
I mean, the, the first round of the cuts was all fairly minimal. It's the next round, and unfortunately, as I tried to pull the, the transaction wire up here, nothing's been reported yet from last weekend's training camps. You're going to start to see a few guys, but like guys like Brody Eastwood got cut. Uh, Nolan Clayton, who there was some thought as to whether where his role was as a goaltender, got cut. Um, you know, a few guys like that. Um, all basically, you know, Quinn Powell got released. So it's guys that are kind of borderline players. Yeah, but you're the- going to start to see some bigger names getting cut. I think this weekend and next weekend. Yeah, we'll keep we'll keep focused. we'll keep an eye on that because I think you're right. I think these next two weekends are when you may see. Guys that, that get cut and other teams will go like, whoa, you cut that guy? We're going to pick that guy up sort of thing. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, speaking of this past weekend, a lot of exhibition games going down, Evan, four of them, in fact. We mentioned Toronto beating Colorado 16-11. And read into it what you will as far as score lines go here in exhibition lacrosse. But Halifax now, Evan, they put up 19 against the Black Wolves, beating them 19-9. And then they put up 21 against Georgia in a 21-14 win over the Swarm. Halifax scoring some goals this weekend. Ryan Vanessa was seven points and a half, and he took the second half off. Why not? So, Why not? You know, it's, uh, you know, it's a very good sign for the veteran Vanessa that he's, you know, he's popping them in that early in the season. Yeah. Uh, he the even t- played this summer, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> he actually played for the Ladner Pioneers Senior B. Oh, right. Yes, and yes. Uh, went to the President's Cup with the Pios. Uh, the two exhibition or ex- exhibition, the two expansion teams played this weekend as well. The Riptide beat the Nighthawks fifteen to thirteen. So uh, I don't, I don't think you can really count it as a, a leg up uh, in exhibition, but maybe you know a little little bragging rights there. New mascot for the the Riptide as well. Uh, they need a name for that thing. Check out the Riptide's Twitter page if you want to get in on that fun. Have we figured out what animal it is? I <laughs> I don't know if it is an animal, Evan. To be quite honest yeah. with that, it's more of a cartoon kind of a character, or I I, I don't know. We'll see what the name's going to be. Apparently, it does not feel pain, uh, which is kind of a, a unique trait. Well, there's a few teams that would love to have with their mascot that doesn't feel pain. well done well done yes well done a couple more things here evan you put out uh actually let's let's touch on this green ball here first uh did you see this over the weekend nll trying out something a little bit new here like we saw in the pll with them using a, a kind of a yellow ball the nll Using a green ball in, in, a, in a half of their exhibition play, it's not nothing's going to happen this year. I'm told if it if there are any changes, it'll be next year. But I I, f- I found it a little curious to see not only the color, which you know the NLL plays on green turf, and they're not the same green, but green nonetheless. And then the 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 exterior of the ball with you know there's writing on it, and it, there's like ridges and and grooves. This looked pretty interesting. I don't, I don't know if this is what they're going to settle on, and and I'll have to kind of wrap my head around it. Like I'm, I'm a traditionalist. Like the lacrosse ball is white, and that's the way it's always been. And I don't, I don't think you want to mess around with that personally. That's my my view on it. And if you do want to mess around with it, I think you got to go orange uh, to offset the green turf here. And never mind Saskatchewan wearing almost the exact same color of green that the ball is, but. What do you make of all all this green ball stuff here with the the color, the the texture of it, all of it, Evan? 
Don't blame the NLL for trying. And the reason I say that is, you know, we've seen with the PLL, they've experimented with a whole different range of rule differences and things like that to try and make the game more entertaining. So is it worth a try? Sure. Now, the color, yeah, big problem with the turf and the brush colors. But, I mean, I would if that was the ball, I'd instantly go and get a green head with green mesh <laughs> and disguise the heck out of this thing. Yeah. Right. Well, Del um, Bianco, I saw, made a comment other. about, Evan, about the way that the the texture of the ball and how there's grooves and stuff, that guys are going to be able to curve it now like a baseball mm-hmm. because it's got, like, ridges and stuff on it. Yeah. That's the question is whether that throwing mechanism is going to be more accurate or it's going to be off. Like, if you're one of those pinpoint shooters, are you going to be able to hit it as accurate? Tough to say, but... Think about it this way, too. If you throw a bouncer now, God knows which way that ball's going to go because yeah. just what side of the wrist does it hit? Yeah. So I, we'll see how it all, all kind of play. Don't get up all in a panic because nothing is going to happen this year. They're not. They're just testing this out, and, and it's a work in progress. So let's just see how it how it plays out. A um, couple more things here, Evan. Vegas, baby. Vegas. NLL is going to Vegas, and I think we're going to go as well, Evan, as the San Diego Seals, as we expected, announcing a lacrosse game and a regular season one at that going to go down between the Mammoth and Seals in Las Vegas, baby. Well, here's my disappointment in that. Unfortunately, T-Mobile Arena is not available that weekend. There's a George Strait concert going on all weekend there. Yeah, some guy, some big country singer, yeah. Yeah, so it's at the Orleans, and this actually does make a difference. Now, the Orleans is a much cheaper venue to rent, which probably makes some sense. But the thing about it is it is off the strip. I mean, if, even if you were at a close casino, say like Excalibur, New York, New York, it's still a good 5-10 minute taxi ride to that arena. It's going to discourage people that think you're from the eastern U.S. and you're on vacation, you're not a big NLL fan, but you know, when, when games were, even the exhibition games in the NHL were for, were at the MGM brands, like, oh, there's a hockey game, it's right there, let's go, right? It's, it's a little further out. We'll see how big of an impact that has on it, um, but my goodness, Joe Ty really going out all out on this, because he's bringing up hotel rooms, yeah. free tickets for his season ticket holders. Now that five-hour drive between San Diego and Vegas is really worth it. Yeah, no doubt. If you're getting a free hotel room and you're, you know, for I mean, people drive four or five hours to come and watch the Rush games, Evan, and they're not, I mean, they're driving home after the game, so. Um, I might just have to become a season ticket holder just to get the free ticket. Well, I'd say uh, just buy two, Evan, because I plan on coming with you, so uh, just go ahead and, and get two. Um, two more things to get here. You put out on Twitter that we're going to try something new here and have the listeners ask us whatever uh, they want within reason, I suppose, Evan, uh, about the sport of lacrosse. And and we got a, a question coming in here from Rob. We're going to just kind of pick one per week, I think, and try and do our best to answer the question. And last week, it was kind of an impromptu one where we asked where you'd like to see the NLL return to and where you'd like to see the NLL go to. And we had a number of people chime in on that. This week, we're going to – well, we've been asked this, and we're going to ask you this as well. 
Uh, Rob King asking us, Evan, what do each of the following need to do to help get a TV deal for the National Lacrosse League? A, the league, B, the team slash owners, and C, the players. Do you want to go first on this? Sure. Now, the players' impact is far lower. And because how much did, how much contribution do they have to this? Well, I think Rob, of course, who is from Saskatchewan, will know this. One major difference between, say, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and the Saskatchewan Rush are that the riders live in market during the season. So media availability is prime for the riders, and that's why a lot of media outlets cover them, because the players are always there and available for interviews. That doesn't happen with the Rush, and that's one thing that does hurt. So players getting to a point where they're going to be able to live in market and be able to promote the product during the course of the week leading up to the game is going to be critical. Now, for the rest of it, here's the big problem. We, you know, I, we always complain. It's like, you know, e- TSN showing Darts. video games yeah. or whatever spelling bee or whatever. Now, one of the key differences between NLL and those is that somebody else is already broadcasting those other items. TSN maybe pays a small fee to get that broadcast and put it up on air. Because they always have to assess what's it going to cost me to produce this show and what's my revenue stream out the other end in terms of advertising. The difficulty the NLL has faced for years is that because TSN would have to come out to the arena and go through the production costs, that becomes a barrier to them actually being able to turn a profit on the event because they can't get NHL-type advertising revenue. So this is their big hurdle right now. So the league basically has to kind of look at it, has to change their mind as to how big of an investment is this. The league is likely going to have to pay a television provider to come in and broadcast the games and get the airtime. But how much of a return do they get out the other end in terms of increased ticket sales, increased merchandise purchases, what have you, so that it makes sense for them. For the teams, now some of the teams have actually been very forward about this in San Diego, in Philadelphia, where they actually have local TV deals. Colorado as well. I I don't know what's happening. These ones are very proactive. Saskatchewan had a deal and it fell apart for some reason where a local cable provider would put it on their channel. Now, the unfortunate thing there was because it was a cable provider, it was only for those that subscribed to that particular cable company. Um, but I think the teams are going to have to also you know, contribute towards the cost of getting this on television. It's a cost that is short-term in nature, in my mind. It'll take, and by short-term, I mean five years or so, that you're going to have to pay to get somebody to come in and broadcast this stuff to build that market, to build that advertising base so that it now becomes profitable just for the network to broadcast it on their own. you got more people interested. you got more people coming through the gates. It's a very, very difficult financial equation to put together, but I think it's worth the investment. Yeah, it's it's massive. And, and for me, I'll try and answer it as quickly as I can. Like I, for the, for the players, I think they just have to keep doing what they're doing and that's put on the best product on the floor that they can possibly do and, and ball out like crazy and, and show 
that they are are some of the best best athletes on the planet at what they do and and I think the entertainment of it all speaks for itself as far as the players go the teams and the owners I think there's maybe a bit of a divide on who wants to do what and and who's willing to to kind of go to the end to to make it happen I don't I don't know if everybody's on the same page as far as wanting the same thing and and we've heard the commissioner and we'll talk to him in a couple of weeks about it but the digital first approach that they've had to get to reach the millennials and and the way that they now watch live sports so uh, a national tv deal might not even be in their plans i think it's necessary if they want to take this sport to the next level and i think the cfl is almost a perfect example of how to follow that and what tsn has done with the cfl to create that brand and now it's it's like appointment television, Friday night football, right? You you tune in to watch that, and, and there's a big investment there that needs to happen for that to happen. But again, I think the return on that investment will come over time with the exposure that you get with a national TV deal. So I, I think the owners all got to get on the same page here as far as that goes. As far as the league goes, you know, again, I don't know if this is actually something that they want to have happen. But if they do, I think, especially here in Canada, Evan, I think having teams from one coast to the other is is paramount. So Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Winnipeg, Toronto, Halifax, throw Montreal in there as well. If you can get teams right across the country, then all of a sudden a national TV deal becomes a little more appealing because you can go into every market and say, here, like you have a team in this league, let's let's get on board here. So I think a lot of things need to happen. I think we're probably still a little bit of ways away from it. And and listen, the deal that they have now with Bleacher Report Live after a year, just look at I think that's the the thing that fans need to keep in mind here, Evan, is is look at where we were four or five years ago to where we are now as far as the scale and production of what we're getting when you watch an NLL game. And it's come a long, long way. And I think under this regime and this leadership group here at the National Lacrosse League, it will continue to get better. And where the end of that road is, I'm not I'm not sure. Where they want that road to go, I'm not sure. But people much smarter than me are making those type of decisions, Evan. And, and you just have to put your trust in that they know what they're doing. And, and for Nick Sakevich, who came from Major League Soccer and and where that league was 25 years ago when he got into the mix with that league and where it is now, pretty good good standing now. And if he can do that with the National Lacrosse League, then we're going to be just fine. It's just going to take some time, I think, is is the end result there. I wish we had a simpler answer. If, If we did, I think the TV deal would have been done long ago. Yeah. But keep in mind, there's just so many moving pieces to what would have to happen in a very narrow window as to where it makes sense for everybody to get it done. Then that's why it hasn't happened and why it's going to take time. But perhaps a national TV deal in Canada is probably going to be an easier sell right now. But, you know, with what Paul Rabel's accomplished in the U.S., is a national TV deal in the U.S. that far off? Maybe not as far as we think. No, probably not. Probably not. That was a great question, Rob, and, and something we want to kind of keep going here. 
and do in the fourth quarter moving forward of lacrosse classified. So we, we need to come up with a catchy name for it, Evan. I don't want to say ask us anything because, for one, a, a local morning show here in Vancouver uses that as, as part of their show. So I don't want to use that terminology, but we need to come up with a fancy name for it. And uh, continue those questions. Keep those questions coming in, what you want answered here on Lacrosse Classified, and we'll do our best to deliver that answer to you. Um, I think that is it, Evan. I I had one more thing, but I'm going to save that because we've already – we're almost an hour and a half deep here, and I think it's a discussion that's going to take some time to kind of bang around a little bit, so I'm going to save that final one for a future show. Maybe next week. We'll see. Speaking of future shows, uh, one more team to go here, Evan, in our season previews. You're going to line up somebody from the Professional Lacrosse Players Players Association uh, to talk to somebody from the PLPA. And, of course, we'll have on the general manager of our final team season preview, Mr. Dan Richardson of the Vancouver Warriors, will join us next week as well. And then on the week of... We'll uh, we'll get the commissioner, Nick Sakevich, on the program and uh, have uh, kind of a State of the Union and kick off the season with the commission. So next couple of weeks will be Dan Richardson and the PLPA, and then the following week will be the commissioner. And then the season begins and another hotly contested round of who you got. Now, Evan, while, we got, while I'm on the subject here, it's been bandied about a little bit with our, our friends at Stampede Tack that – not only are we going to do this year for NLL's style who you got a weekly prize, whether it's a T-shirt or a hat or whatever, but I think you are going to create a, a color-coded spreadsheet that you can keep a live doc. And now we're going to encourage the listeners here, Evan, stay with me here, to compete and play all year long, keep a running total of their picks, and we're going to have a grand prize winner at the end of the NLL regular season. How about this? Uh, yeah, or the one thing I'm just working out logistics on, and thank goodness for my brother Ryan, who knows where this stuff is and where to find it, and he's been searching for us. We're actually trying to see if we can find an online provider that will do this uh-huh. for us, so hopefully you can just go online and make your picks and submit, and you're done. Right? Okay, so- well, that would be fantastic. If not, you got some work ahead of you. But uh, and, the, and the great thing is, like, if you miss a week, not a big deal because it'll be like a total, right? So the more that you play, the better chance you will have to win. But if you miss a week, it's not like you're out of the competition. You just have to do really well in the weeks that you play. So um, – Things to work out here in the coming weeks, but just wanted to kind of lob that one out there as as what we're thinking for who you got coming up. I think now that is it, Evan. Uh, Don't forget to follow us along on social media. I am at PXP for sports. Evan is at Shamlax. The show on Instagram is Lacrosse Classified. On Twitter, it's at LaxClass. Make sure you follow along to all our channels to keep up to date on everything Lacrosse Classified. Subscribe to that podcast as well. Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud. Where else are we, Evan? iTunes, uh, wherever you find your podcast, you can find Lacrosse Classified and just hit that subscribe button and it'll get delivered straight to your phone every single week. Once again, thanks to our sponsors here on Lax Class as well, Associated Labels and Packaging, the Vancouver Warriors, Pure Vital Labs, and Stampede Tech and Western Wear. Thanks to Jamie Dowick and Derek Keenan for coming on the program. Thanks to you, the listener, for hanging out for the last hour and 31 minutes for episode 53 here of Lacrosse Classified.
Episode 54 is next week. It comes at you every Tuesday right here via the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network at 3 p.m. Eastern. We'll talk to you then, but for now, we got to go. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody. <laughs>